5: Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, the PGP, the show about the show, the show within the show. This is the podcast about the radio show. So glad you're with us. And you can always get this on the DA Show's podcast feed or its own podcast feed as well, as well as inside the free Odyssey app. Bogues joins me for side A, and we've had two plus weeks without... Mr. Pete, the body Bilotti he's on paternity leave. And so we've had some Ryan Botcher appearances on the wheels of steel. And today was one of those on a trash Tuesday and Botcher had his trash and I was not following. There was, was it a boomerang and then a banana splits and a YouTube or something? Did you catch what he was trashing the first go
4: round? I got it before you did. But I still wasn't sure exactly, like, the chain of command, so to speak. Like, because it was, like, three or four levels of of viewing something that led to his trash. Like, he was watching on YouTube commercials about shows that used to be on a channel in the 1960s that <laughs> nobody in 2023 knew about, and shame on them. So, I... I picked up on it eventually, but at the beginning I knew like every third word he was saying because he said boomerang and I thought boomerangs now were like those little like videos that you post on Instagram. That's like, you know, people cheersing and it's just like the glasses hit and they go back and the glass hit again. It's like a little repetitive video It like starts and stops and that's why they're called boomerangs. So that was my first yep. bit of confusion, but eventually I figured out what he was talking about. Kind of.
5: You know, it's funny because... What he was trashing was people that had not heard of the old children's TV show, The Banana Splits, from 1968. And, I mean, there is no way you could have convinced me, coming into work today, that 24-year-old Ryan Botcher would know The Banana Splits, let alone be mad that people his age haven't watched The Banana Splits. And the only reason that he's watched them is from commercial breaks watching Boomerang, which I didn't even know existed, which was some housing for Hanna-Barbera cartoons, I suppose, back in the 2000s. But I mean, I think this is a big upset for young people that we have young people that are angry at other young people for not knowing things from 50 years ago.
4: And things that are really obscure now. i I've, <laughs> right. I've been dis- I'd be disappointed if somebody didn't know Save by the Bell or Fraggle Rock. Things that were important to me growing up. But it's also like a funny, ha ha, angry. I'm not really angry at them. They probably, sh- especially Fraggle Rock, you shouldn't necessarily know what that is if you're if you're significantly younger than me. But like. He seems to really be mad that people don't know about the banana splits <laughs> and their 24 episodes from 1968 through 70.
5: I was shocked. I was stunned to a news. And if, if somebody in their 20s didn't know that the, the 69 Mets happened, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. It was a long time ago. But they're at least part of like American culture and popular culture. To not know the banana split seems like it's an easy pass. But maybe Ryan Botcher, <laughs> maybe Botcher is a stickler for detail. Maybe, and I bring this up because is it possible he's following in the same exact footsteps of Pete the Body? Where Pete the Body very upset if somebody doesn't know about Alpha Perfect Strangers. That
4: Botcher is embodying that same persnicketyness. Well, I think this is we've buried the lead. This is another clue. Another thread to pull on exactly how connected are Pete and Botcher because the similarities are striking. They're both very talented. They both take things very seriously. They both seem to enjoy things that are at least 15 to 20 years old, not current day things. In his own way, Botcher is cooler than Bilotti with his Sting t shirt on Tuesday. He had a Greta Van Fleet shirt last week. That's a fun band that's new now. Those are things that, that Bilotti doesn't know about. True. Um, but they, they are, again, you know, father, son, uncle, nephew, cousins. Like there is, there seems to be some kind of like genetic link between these two.
5: Botcher, the, the difference with Botcher. Is that this is a young man that I think is into maybe video games, uh, streaming TV shows, music, and and I don't think any of that is really in Pete's repertoire. He's
4: not really a music guy. No, at Botcher does flirt with being current, which is something Pete is <laughs> is not. Um, again, he does have like there is there he's into some cool things. I don't. I don't know what cool things Bellotti is into. I I don't count wrestling as a cool thing. I know it's popular. Um <laughs> but you know like Botcher's got some trends like like he's he's a little more as unique as he is, he's also more mainstream than Bilotti is cuz Pete really you know, between Alf and understanding John Sterling's my favorite Martian home run call for Jason Dominguez. Yeah. Like Bilotti does not have his finger on the pulse of the kids right now. Botcher knows some things that are going on that the true cool people dig, and he kind of <laughs> digs them too.
5: If Botcher is like the younger, kind of hipper, current version of Bilotti. He's an upgrade. He's an upgrade to
4: Bilotti. Well, he's not as good on the board. No, I mean, no, Bilotti's no, no. elite. I'm thinking more culturally. He's... Um, He's taken the next step up from where Bilotti left it off. What do you mean, left it off? Like where Bilotti ends, Botcher picks up. <laughs> Bilotti. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> where Bilotti ends.
4: And then I guess, you know, Pete like retrofits the the, the the donut hole of Botcher not understanding perfect strangers and Alf. That's where Bilotti comes in. And then there's some mix back in like the 80s and maybe even the 70s because I'm sure Pete knows the banana splits. But then we move forward and we lose Pete yeah. about things that are going on right now. <laughs> but that's when Botcher can come in with, like, a Marvel movie reference or he's listened to current music. Stuff like that.
5: Right, right. <laughs> That came out of left field. I said, what are we trashing here? I didn't follow any of that. Is this because I'm not current or is it just because of botching? It was probably a little
4: our fault, but it was mostly the setup and the delivery. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. a, it wasn't a tremendously but that's another that's another Bellotti trait. Yeah, there are a lot true. of Belotti trashes that you have no idea what's being trashed because he can't get it out <laughs> sufficiently and succinctly. <laughs>
5: That is funny when, when Pete is very confident of what he's about to say, and then it comes out, and we're all like, Well, what? I don't, where did you, what does that mean? And then he has to stop and correct himself, and just like, Ah, whatever.
4: Yeah. And I, I walked into on Monday, blotty, a Bilotti trash. It was brought to me by Evan Roberts, uh, and I'm, Maybe now I'm Maraz's co-host. Exactly. So he walks in. He goes, where's Bilotti? I'm like, loaded question. Uh, he's <laughs> still on paternity leave. He's like, I need to talk to him. I'm like, you can, you can text him. He's like, no, 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 face-to-face. And I go, well, that's next Tuesday. He goes, I can wait. I guess they're in, some, they're in a fantasy football league together. Oh! and oh, I'm sorry, fantasy baseball. And the semifinals just happened. And for anyone who has played fantasy baseball and you're tallying stats over a full week, there are times... I think particularly with pitchers, where you stop putting pitchers in your lineup because them pitching and giving up runs and walks can only hurt you. So you just stop filling those spots once you've hit the minimum. So I guess Bilotti's competition in the semifinals did that. he, he liked his pitching stats, didn't want to hurt them, wanted to win some of those categories, so he didn't he didn't pitch anybody over the weekend. And Bilotti apparently was in a tizzy. And demanding an explanation and would not accept the one that he was given and was very angry. Now he did win oh. the matchup, so that's good, but Evan, as the commissioner, didn't appreciate Bilotti uh how he handled the drama, oh, so to speak. Wow. So he wants to set the record straight.
5: Oh wow. You see, Bilotti stirring things up. Yeah, now
4: I might have just alerted Pete to this drama. I don't know if Evan has texted him in the last 24 or 30 hours, so I may be breaking news to Pete as he listens to this. So now he's got now he's, he can be prepared for next Tuesday when he walks in to an Evan onslaught.
5: Tell me about your interaction with Shep. I found this interesting. (laughs) You brought this up at the tail end of the show. I would think that this is a lead. Instead, you kind of buried the lead here. Where did you stumble upon Shep, and what was that like?
4: Yeah, very busy Tuesday morning. I was walking in with our friend Allie, who does your makeup and Boomer and Gio's makeup in the morning. It was her birthday, so I was wishing her a happy birthday. Thanks to Instagram for keeping me up to date on anyone I know his birthday. Uh, so we, I was talking to her about that and her, her little daughter and my kids. And I come with me, come through the door and there's just, I just see curly, unkempt brown hair and a, and a not new t-shirt. Oh no. And there he was in all his glory. Oh boy. And I mean, immediately it's a, there's, there's not many things that make me happy at five 15 ish in the morning. But a Shep sighting is one of them. And he's just He's just a ball of happiness. Really? And yeah, I mean he's just cool. You know, like he was he mentioned, like, I like I said on the year, like three or four things about the show that were funny or that he liked, or he referenced the time when we were crushing Jack for being on Dexter Henry's show, and I was saying, you know, Dexter should have better guests and like I told the story how the one time Sirius wouldn't let me speak on a panel because I didn't think I was good enough to represent the company that there should be standards so Shep was like N- not cool a serious man like that that you I would have definitely let you do that I'm like thank you Shep i I appreciate that so I mean he just he checks all the boxes he's sitting there he looks all frazzled he's got eighteen. Google Chrome tabs open. He's writing a column for CBS Sports Radio about NBA, who knows what. He's here hours after his show ended. He was here, like, well past 530. I mean, it's just, he's always Shep. And you're right. I should have walked. That should have been the cold open. Forget Nick Chubb. Forget (laughs) Brown Steelers. It should have been. I just saw Shep, and he's still doing great.
5: Well, isn't that the beauty about Shep, is that Shep is so thoughtful about everything. Yes, no matter if it's just saying hi or bye inside the office, if he catches you, he's really got something to say, and he really wants to share it. And it's usually
4: very—it's usually very complimentary and personal. Like he's, it's, it's, yeah, it's not just grasping at straws. Like he's something as he's—he keeps like a list of everybody's life and whatever, and he knows. Oh, next time I see him, I got to bring this up, and then he does.
5: Yeah, and I—I I really think that. This is where the Shep thing sometimes has gone sideways that people assume that Shep might be being disingenuous because you just rarely, if ever, find somebody who is so thoughtful and personal about every interaction that they have with you. But that's really who he is. And that's the beautiful part about him. And he's authentic and he's genuine and it's great. And that's why I love Shep. And, you know, he's been a good sport about any time that we've poked fun at him <laughs> and whatever. He's had a good <laughs> sense of humor and he's also lived. A wild life. He's just done some things that, you know, you're like, wow, that
4: that was something that you did. That was something that you did. Yeah, and we've, I mean, we've probably been mean to Shep at times. And at times, like, life has been mean to Shep. Like, if anybody could be in the mood that Pete is usually in, it's Shep. And yet he's always smiling and sweet and complimentary. And he somehow makes you feel better about things.
5: <laughs> yeah, you know. I know, he's he's one in a million. I love Shep. Uh and it's I'm glad that you got to run into him because uh yeah, he's he's a funny dude. Yeah,
4: and he was here long enough on Tuesday. Had you not been doing a home show, you would have seen him. He was definitely wow. here close to six AM. You would have gotten a quick Shep hello.
5: And we don't even really know why he stayed. Approximately four hours after his show ended.
4: So the the last time that he was so two times ago, I asked him, "What are you still doing here?" And he said, "Like I'm just in the flow." Or I was not like so he was just I don't know the creative juices were flowing. So he was typing things, whatever. Today I didn't ask. I just assumed he was in the flow. Uh, And when I talked to him as I walked to his little cubicle, I could tell he was definitely flowing because again there are papers everywhere. There are bazillion windows open on his computer screen. So there's just a random morning, like every, you know, two and a half weeks, I guess, where it's just time for all to come out of Shep. And today was that day. So I would look in all the normal places you find Shep, podcast, com. He's on here. He's on satellite radio. You're going to get a lot of Shep content in the next, like, 36 hours, it feels like.
5: The million tabs being open is so funny. It's like some people you just walk across their desk and you're like, how? why would you have 70 different tabs up? Couldn't you just <laughs> read
4: that story, close it, and then go on to the next story? Uh, my, my wife has like, at, at times I'll look yeah. and she has so many that the actual tab is so small, you can't yeah. see what the tab <laughs> is. And I'm like, yeah. we've, we've lost the point of the tabs now. If I can't ID them, you've got too many open. And that's where Shep lives. Yeah, that's
5: exactly right. Um, One last note on the Giants and their wild comeback. Uh, So the Giants fall down 20 to nothing at halftime, and Mraz posts the video at halftime. Basically, season's over, and he's kind of like whimpering, and it seems somewhat authentic that he's like, they didn't even give us a season. It's over. It's time for Dable, Shane, and Jones (laughs) to go. (laughs) Uh, And again, it's the first half of week two. And then they come back and win that game against a trash Cardinals team. And he's like, we're back. And I know he did stuff like that in our show. But do you think now it's so expected that he has to do things like that? Because even for the most ardent Giants fan, Uh, I mean, it's halftime a week, too. Could you really say after last year, fire Shane Dable and Jones (laughs) after getting an extension? I mean, even uh, even the craziest Giants fan couldn't have really thought that. And I thought, boy, is this now where Mraz is cornered, where he
4: has to do this type of dramatic one way or the other? I I think he has to do it because whether it's five friends or five thousand listeners, he would always have an audience. Like, if, if he was just a regular person, if he was, you know, running a subway shop now, he had moved up the subway ladder, and now he was, like, a franchise owner, All he right. would still be a, a Crazy Giants fan with crazy giant fan friends and be on message boards, and he'd probably have one of the unofficial, unprofessional podcasts that does better than his professional one here through, through Odyssey. So he'd still have this audience of people who he would think... He needs to serve with those videos. So I think that, that thought that people are waiting for my reaction would exist no matter what his actual job is. It's just now his job is having it. So maybe there's an extra level or a tiny extra piece of responsibility to do it. But those videos were coming no matter what he did for, for, for work. Like that video Sunday, those, they were going to exist whether he was working on the fan or fixing fans for a living.
5: But would he... That's a really good line. But would he have to say it's over for Dable, Shane, and Daniel Jones literally six quarters into a season where right after last year, they were serenaded as the saviors of the giants. Would he be that dramatic? Yeah. I mean, look at his of week dad,
4: his dad thought they're going to win out last year and then adjusted for the cowboy loss by giving them 16 and one true. Like, but uh, so he's
5: shockingly optimistic to the point of unrealistic, but is Bob the man ever so pessimistic that after six quarters of football, he would clean house.
4: Well, I think he actually technically did clean house. He was banning snarky Jet fans from Bob's bar for their Monday night game because he was, I think, so bothered by the Giants and didn't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers anymore that he said nobody can come to to Bob's bar Monday night. Now, he might have, and I don't know how he celebrated, if anything, the Aaron Rodgers injury, but no, I think Bob has the same reactions. He just doesn't videotape them for us. Okay,
5: because I don't see Bob as halftime a week, too, saying fire Brian Dayball, fire Joe Shane.
4: You're so, telling me that he had the same sentiment. So it's possible that Sean skews more negative than Bob does, but I still think they're both outlandish and overreactive to things, mm-hmm. So whatever happens. So maybe it would have taken an entire loss to the Cardinals for Bob to go, you know what, maybe it is time they get a new head coach. Sean did it at halftime. He would have done it. <laughs> At the end of the fourth quarter. So I, I, that's where it comes from. And that lives inside Sean. Everything that Bob taught him. And the examples that he said. So I, yeah I, I do think that Sean. was making those same videos. It's just the audience is bigger. And to his benefit. Those videos get him promotions. And raises and sponsorship deals now.
5: Well so I think. Maybe that's where I'm poking around. I think you're right that uh, Bob is wildly, unrealistically optimistic, and Mraz is maybe one or two steps shy of that, but he still thought that this team was going to be 10-7 and seven this year, as so he said it publicly. Um, and then I think that Mraz is going to be a little bit more negative and a little more reactionary to bad things than Bob, but I don't believe in his heart of hearts Mraz thought, Joe Shane and Brian Dable needed to be fired at halftime of week two, but he said it into a camera knowing it was going to go out there. And that's where I think you're right. I think he has that take because he knows it's good for business. It's what the bosses want to hear him be one way dramatic or one way or the other. Like had they lost that game, he would have come into our show. And he would have been like, this is miserable. The
4: season's over. I can't believe it's that bad. But I don't think he would be calling for Dable to be fired. So, I'll split hairs here. I do think that in the moment, he has a thought about the need to fire those guys. Now, if you let time expire, and even if they had lost, and just he goes to sleep, he wakes up, he comes in. I think the edge is off a little bit, and he's not saying that they have to go. I think the feeling goes away or at least gets less intense. But I do think there was somewhere in there a real feeling of this is all of a sudden terrible, and I don't know how to fix it, and maybe these guys are not the answer that I thought they were. (laughs) I do think that there is, as crazy as it is— there is a legitimate thought like that in his head somewhere as he's talking into his phone Sunday afternoon. Okay. Because he's just, I mean, again, this is a guy who has told his kids, you know, you can't have birthdays on Sundays. Like, he, <laughs> the Giants are his number one thing. So that's, that creates the biggest reaction to him, you know, inside of him. So I do think part of him was wondering just how much this was going to crumble all of a sudden after how much fun last year was.
5: Yeah, that's probably true. I'm just wondering where real Moraz angst ends and where uh, ginned up angst begins because
4: he knows it's good for business. I think there's more ginned up Moraz in the celebration video than there is in the heartbreak oh, halftime okay. video.
5: Okay. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I'll just wrap up with kind of on that thought last week, we kind of jokingly discussed the, the BT rant and others ranting in New York about the injury to Rogers and uh, the giants getting hammered or whatever. And, and I kind of wisecrackingly said, do we work in the same industry? And I was thinking about this more because, you know, we're that's just not this type of sports radio that we do. And I thought, you know what? It's just that, You have to approach things differently for different audiences and their audience is you have to kind of tap into anger, frustration, disappointment. That's what kind of makes a lot of local sports talk go. And if we did that, people would be annoyed or exhausted because You know, you could try to fire somebody every single day in national radio, but like nobody in California wants to hear if somebody in Florida should be fired or not. So we have to take kind of a more fun approach, um, a more optimistic approach, I think, because it's just like, how can you be angry at something every single day? But really, if you're working in a few markets like New York don't you think that you kind of have to come in every day and look for the
4: negative, trying to tap into that emotion with a local audience? So I, I've been thinking about this too, how to describe the difference. And let me tell me if this makes sense to you. I think locally, you're talking to the victims of the story, right? You're talking to, or or the victors, you're talking to the team that just won or the team that lost and either you're feeling good or you're a tiny bit worried, or you're heartbroken because your quarterback's leg just fell apart. So you're talking to the people directly involved in the games. We are usually, na- nationally, we're not doing that. They're obviously, every story, we're, we're so far spread out across the country, we're going to get to Niners fans or Alabama football fans. Like, But that's, the, that's the, a sliver of our audience. We're usually kind of talking about them, not to them. And I think that's what makes the difference. Like, we're talking about, you know, angry or disappointed Browns fans today because of Nick Chubb. We're not talking to the actual disappointed fans. I think that maybe that's where the difference is.
5: That's a very good point. Yes, that's absolutely a good point. And um, it does sometimes feel like two different worlds because there's just no no way we could seriously sit here and do the type of radio that they would do it locally. But there's a place for both of them, clearly, because audiences need their fix in different ways. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up side A. What are you thinking for side B? Is it an EJ
4: Stewart side B? Is it a Ryan Botcher side B? What do you think? Well, don't tell either one of them. But it, right now, it's, it's EJ. But... I, I, don't know what, I don't know what Wednesday's going to bring. If there's a sh- another Shep sighting, maybe Shep's got to get dragged into a room and do a quick side oh, B. Oh, wow. So I don't want to get anybody excited, but I'm just leaving the door open to any special guest unplanned being in the building on a Wednesday morning. We'll see what happens.
5: Okay. Oh, wow. Well, that'd be a real treat. A uh, real treat.
4: Yeah, and shame on me for not thinking of it while he was still here. Okay. Hopefully he's back tomorrow.
3: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
4: All right, here we are. Thanks DA. side B. It's Bogish and uh, earmuffs EJ. It's not a special guest. I hinted at the end of side A that maybe you know, maybe there will be a second consecutive Shep appearance in the building early in the morning, and I would steal him into side B. But... Shep went back to his normal um, his normal nocturnal hours. Didn't see him Wednesday morning, so it's just EJ Stewart with us here uh, on side B of the PGP. You're really not our second choice. I had to leave a wild card spot open for Shep. He's like a legacy around here, but um, I'm very glad you're here, and I don't know how I've gotten—it's now— 10.40 on Wednesday morning, so I've seen you for five hours, yes. and I'm only now getting a glimpse of your shirt somehow, and it's awesome.
2: Thank you. I've gotten a couple of people, someone tweeting me saying, hey, I need to know where you got this shirt. So, it is a Batman shirt. It is essentially kind of an Andy Warhol style uh, shirt where you have yeah. all four of the key members of the Bat family. So, you got Batman next to Robin, next to, and underneath that you have Nightwing next to Batgirl. Now I had to explain this to DA cuz DA didn't know who Nightwing was. Uh,
4: nor do I. Wow, another person. Yeah. So
2: Nightwing is first of all my favorite DC character. So that's crazy that now two of my colleagues today don't know who Nightwing is. So Nightwing is the first Robin. He's Dick Grayson. He becomes really? he becomes Nightwing when he decides to go out from under Batman's wing. So he gets tired of being just Batman's ward. This is the
4: comic book storyline. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this
2: is a real comic book storyline, and like he's still Nightwing. Like, this is like all canon, quote unquote. Okay. So he he leaves Bruce says I'm I'm tired of being under your wing. I want to spread my own wings. No no pun intended.
4: Is it a is it a negative breakup, a dramatic breakup, or is it you know like a mentor letting okay I understand the apprentice now needs to have his own space? I
2: mean, it's one of those things where it was it wasn't like these guys hated each other, but it was. It was very much kind of like I don't want to say Shaq and Kobe, but it kind of was like, you know what? Like, did
4: Batman ever rap about how his butt tastes <laughs> to Kobe? No, <laughs> It
2: wasn't all that. But it was kind of like, hey, like I'm kind of sick of this, and like Batman was like, all right, whatever, dude, like do your own thing. Okay, and like, and then he
4: got himself another orphan he himself, to he had, rear and yeah, train. He got
2: Jason Todd, who then died. Like, the Joker killed him, and then he got another war. Then he got uh, uh, Tim Drake. Who's another Robin. And then there have been several Robins after Dick Grayson. There's been like five Robins. We're now on the latest Robin is his son, Damian Wayne.
4: I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) There are new comic books coming out with a a Bruce Wayne kid being his sidekick.
2: Bruce Wayne's kid, Damian, has been Robin for probably the last... Six, seven years?
4: And he's Robin. And he's In Robin. the Robin costume. Oh, he's
2: in the Robin costume. And he's di- very different than the other Robins. He grew up with the League of Assassins because his mother is Talia Ghul, the daughter of Ra's al-Ghul. So he's down for killing people. He's like an expert martial artist. Wow. At like 11 years old. Like he's totally different than these other Robins. And Bruce has had to kind of like try to tamp him down to hey we don't kill people or uh, we don't treat criminals this way and no we can't just take over the world like that's not how this superhero thing works but like that's been a struggle for him and there are several if you don't want you don't have to read the comics there are actually several animated movies that are really good that kind of show this dynamic
4: all right well i gotta go home at the very least because i know my one of my kids got when they were very little um like uh well, no, it's actually – it's a book book. It's not a huge encyclopedia, but it is a encyclopedia of Marvel characters, like yeah. one character per page, um, and, like, on a third – I think I like sixth like – whatever, like a third-grade reading level. I want to go – and there are some in there that I had never heard of before until we started going through the book. So I want to go see if, at least if Nighthawk is Nightwing. in the – Nightwing. Nightwing. Nightwing yes. is in the book. <laughs> but I can't believe now – because I I'm proud of myself that I know – like the Adam West Batman TV show yeah. from whatever with, you know, pow and on yep. T on the actual screen. And I appreciate that Robin and Batman are wearing kind of, to me, those colors, that yes. color scheme. Yeah, the
2: shirt is, is that is from that era. Yeah.
4: The red and green yeah. and, and and yellow of Robin and the gray and blue, the Batman. So I thought I was cool enough to know that that existed. Yes. And now you're throwing eight Robins of <laughs> a, a Bruce Wayne's son and he, he at least had an affair with a bad guy's daughter yes. to lead to Damien?
2: Yes, he did. And, that, and, wow. and And Damien was getting raised by this woman and, and Talia said, you know what, you need to go to your dad.
4: I don't think I even knew that there were new Batman comic books coming out. I mean, I probably should have just assume that was the case, yeah. but yeah, and new, no idea.
2: New Batman comics, new Superman comics. Nightwing has his own line. I, I love reading the Nightwing comics. So, yeah, this is still definitely a thing.
4: All right, so that brings me to, to the question I wanted to ask you today. If I've already asked you this on a previous side, B, I apologize. But it's clear the more that you hang out with us um, that you provide a lot of coolness that D.A. and I cannot accomplish, don't possess, could never add on to things. And here's you again, not just with a cool Batman shirt sure, that I would – now, I would have been confused by who – Night, Wing, Hawk was, but the other three I would have gotten, you know, if that was Joker in that bottom corner, yeah. like I would wear that shirt and think I was a cool 43 year old dad wearing that shirt. But when push comes to shove, DA and I are nerds. We're losers. We're dorks. We're betas, to use the term their parents <laughs> were not allowed to use anymore. And really, I mean, beta would be a compliment the way we, we go about our lives. So, um, Are you as cool in real life as you appear to be in comparison to me and Damon? Oh,
2: my God. So even the fact that Damon said I was cool on the show today, I was like, oh, I didn't expect all this. And now, again, being seconded with this. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess some of it may come from, like, an athletic background. I mean, I played basketball up until I was 18. You know, I played against the likes of Kemba Walker and other players. So maybe it comes a little bit from that. But I don't know. I mean, I grew up also loving superheroes and stuff like that. And that was considered nerdy when I was a kid. <laughs> right. Like, you were a nerd. Right. If you, like, knew everything about all five, six, seven, eight Robins. And now, in today's days, it's kind of become cool. So, in some ways, I think it's kind of been a revenge, a revenge of the nerds. And maybe that's okay. why I come in here with this, quote, unquote, coolness. Because I don't know. It's uh, I do love a, a nice, cool T-shirt. I know you like the... Uh, the Troy Nye in the morning shirt yes. that I have. So yes. that's one of the big things I like to do. So I don't know. May- maybe it's the nerdiness that's become cool. Maybe it's the sports background. Who knows?
4: Now, we also have Ryan Botcher and his t-shirt collection, which has gotten a lot of attention as well. Did I'm going to ask you the same question DA asked me on Side A. Did you understand what his trash was about Tuesday from the beginning? Because it was delivered yep. kind of awkwardly. It took us – I mean, DA never figured it out. <laughs> I eventually did. But, like, right away, you understood where he was going, like what he had been watching that led to his banana splits disappointment. Yeah,
2: it took me, I think, the second time he mentioned the commercials, I then remembered. Because okay. those boomerang commercials were like a thing. And it's funny because he's 10 years younger than me. We say he was born in 2001. I was like, oh my yeah. God, I'm the one that makes everybody sound old. I feel old. But, like, <laughs> those commercials were like a thing, and YouTube has. Any all rabbit holes that go down. So if you're nostalgic, you could definitely find a collection of them because they were. It's almost like that. This is Sports Center commercials are like a thing. Like these Boomerang commercials were a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I I knew where he was going. Um, I was surprised that he knew the Banana Splits so well, but I'm happy he did because the Banana Splits are a American treasure.
4: An American treasure, huh? I love the
2: Banana Splits. They play instruments. They they throw I mean, pies in, in their own faces. They they run around the music park. They do go karts. I mean. They do it
4: all. It is way too trippy. I mean, <laughs> these, like, snuffleupagus guys in regular settings in an amusement park, you said. I saw one where they were, like, doing uh, almost like demolition derby in in mini tanks. <laughs>
2: How does that not sound awesome?
4: I mean, I, I, it does. Again, I guess on the air <laughs> Tuesday, I, I feel like those shows should come with some kind of narcotic. Like, you should, you know, like, when you buy the video stream... Your doorbell should ring and some bizarro Amazon guy should be handing you, like, a pill to take. Like, you need to watch to take this to really appreciate episode three of season two.
2: But you know what? I think in some ways my generation, Ryan's even younger than me, but my generation is kind of ready for a show like that. Maybe why I liked it so much because I grew up, the cartoons and shows of my era were, like, cat dog. Where a cat and a dog are combined into one animal. And that's the whole thing. Um, I mean, our real is. monsters where just a bunch of monsters just running around a city causing havoc but they're not like evil or bad like but you know they are monsters like invader zim where an alien comes down to take over the world but he has to kind of slow walk it because he can't let anybody know that he's here to do that so he's posing as like a eight-year-old nine year old in third grade like these were the shows i grew up on you just named three 90s. things that
4: i've never heard of before
2: <laughs> I, mean, I guarantee you there are people <laughs> who definitely listen to all, watch all those shows but those are like the shows i grew up on in the 90s and late 2000s so uh, some people running around in costumes, doing demolition derby, and and surfing on the beach. Like it's par for the course, really, for my generation.
4: All right, last thing because this is a theme that comes up on the show, on the podcast. When we do stories like the one in Buffalo on Wednesday, stunned to a news, uh, painted with a very broad brush. When we do crazy fan stories, or when we would be doing minute-by-minute, second-by-second breakdown of Sean's reaction to games, good, bad, whatever, DA and I often felt like maybe that we were the problem, maybe we were the ones that were not fans enough, that we had lost something because we weren't crying or screaming on our front stoop on our doorbell camera, waking up neighbors, like maybe we should be feeling like that, not going, what's wrong with you guys? I'm gonna to I'm not gonna ask you if you ever take LSD, but would you <laughs> what's the craziest thing that you've done while at a game? Face paint, shaving your head, shirtless in two degree weather. You're done any of the stereotypical, crazy or I don't know, you know, wait online for thirty six hours to get into a gym to watch a game or, <laughs> or you know, or a weird contest for Knicks tickets, anything yeah. to really like show off your insane fandom because i got nothing
2: yeah i mean in some ways I, i'm kind of like you guys i think i may be too too cool for lack of a better term I'm too mature kind of thing, or maybe too mature too like,
4: sophisticated i like those words better that makes yeah. me feel better about
2: myself <laughs> i mean i i mean my some of these things aren't even like me they're my dad's like i remember like my dad would take me to like rucker park and like you know wait four or five hours behind a gate looking to see if we can just get a, a view of some of the NBA players that may be playing in a game up there. Like that's something that I did a couple of times as a kid. Uh, you I know, mean, I, I, once I waited online in the in in cold for a Danilo Gallinari, uh, autograph. When he was okay. Wearing, like, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was probably the craziest <laughs> thing. Like why, why was I so into Danilo Gallinari? But I swore he was going to be yeah. future all star. But like, yeah, I think I, I feel like I'm more of the fan that in the home I'm crazy. It's not necessarily at a game. At a game, I'm pretty reserved. At a, at home, I'm yelling, I'm cursing, and it's something that my girlfriend keeps saying, I have to stop because I have a dog now who reacts to whatever I do. <laughs> so when I'm yelling at Julius Ramlin not getting back on defense, like she then gets excited and she wants to know what is going on, especially late, when it's later in the evening because she's like, hey, shut up, I'm going to sleep. Like It's time for this to stop.
4: Yeah, that's a good call because I've never done anything at a game. I've never... No face paint, no bare chest, no outside for forever. I don't need any of that stuff. But I am a very strong believer in my ability to affect my team playing. So, like, I'm the – I'm not getting out of my seat. You know, when the Giants beat the Packers on the way to the – I guess that was the first Super Bowl of recent vintage. I didn't – I I sat on the floor for the last – I don't know, quarter and a half because, i trying to remember now what, what triggered it, but something good happened for the Giants, and I was sitting on the floor, so I didn't Here move I again, thinking that I had the mojo. And then when they won and I had moved, I felt responsible in a very small way for that to happen. So that's that's as crazy as I can get, is thinking that from a distance, I can help my boys out.
2: Yeah, I've been there. I, yeah. I'll change shirts. I'll go from the couch to this the, the chair. Oh, uh, I'll change if it's a playoff game where it's like a team is playing on national tv a team's playing locally like maybe i'll go from espn to msg for the nick game i don't okay. like how they're playing right like ESPN, right yeah like that's something i'll do
4: i've also i've i've never drank too much where i never got into the game beforehand i've ever fell asleep in my seat at a game i remember everything i've been at yeah. i never had been told of something stupid i did after the fact so i'm glad that we're both mature adults here and have never really Dipped our toes in those dangers.
2: Yeah, though I don't know what I would do if I went to a game and saw this man naked running around and being chased by sheriffs and <laughs> police officers and whoever else. I mean, the guy sounded like he had five stars on Grand Theft Auto. Right. Like he was a wanted man. I mean, I don't know. Being at that, I might have turned around and walked away, I'll be honest. Like, if I was a jet game and I saw that, I may be like, I'm not built like this. Yeah. Like, this isn't, <laughs> this is not for me. Like, I think I'm a pretty tough guy, but. Like this is a little a step too far, and maybe I need to just watch this game from the crib.
4: All right, we gotta run. Wherever you're listening to this, thank you for finding it. And as always, you know, like, rate, review, whatever that helps us out. We appreciate that. Uh for EJ, for DA, I'm bogus. We'll see you again on the radio soon and back here on the podcast. But for now, the PGP disconnects